1: You know, as a mom, I think that you really have to dial into your confidence to who you're your what you're about and mm-hmm. you know be okay with your decision even if it means they are going to be behind and I think it it comes down to experience. Drop it like a hat, Drop it like a Drop it like a hat. Natalie, what do I do? <laughs> I hope it's
2: giddy giddy. <laughs>
3: not have joined. Good morning. <coughs> Good we- morning.
1: <laughs>
3: we are so excited that you could be
1: here with us today. Well, wish us luck because there's like any moment a child is going to appear. So we are here, but yes, that's that's the life which I think most know right now. Mm-hmm. Our kids are at home learning. We're in lockdown in Toronto. Oh
3: my gosh. A lot of the the ladies up here, I'm sure, can feel your pain because a lot of them are are moms that are teaching as well. Carm
5: is in lockdown in Toronto too, so my the I, worst. The worst is teaching a private school kid lockdown. You're paying to teach her at home. It's the worst. <laughs> oh my god!
2: Well, I have a four year old that I'm teaching at home with a seven year old.
4: Terrible, terrible. Yeah, no, it's all it's all just such a joke. <laughs>
3: Ah, uh, so if you are just joining the room, we are just about to get started. Make sure you're hitting the plus sign and inviting a few people in. If you aren't familiar with CatNet, you might have heard me mention them because they talk about them from time to time. They are hilarious podcast hosts, YouTubers, best-selling authors, social media sensations, comedians, and their best friends. And they head up a community of like-minded moms. And I'm not a mom myself, but I adore their videos. They are hysterical. Hysterical and like Carm was saying yesterday, she thinks that's the type of mom I'm will be, and I hope so, because they do it all through through laughter. So welcome, Cat and Nat. We are thrilled to have you back again.
4: Thank, Thank you. you for having us.
3: All right, so I know that I have quite a few questions I would love to dive in and ask you. And I know I've got some friends of here on the panel that would love to ask you as well. But really, I would love to know how did this all start? How did you two meet?
4: Okay, well, we are from Toronto, and uh, we both ended up at the same high school, a high school that is currently, like, five minutes from our house. I still live around the corner from that high school. And we were in ninth grade, and we had mutual friends, and we met, and we liked each other. And as the years went on in high school, we got really, really bored of being in class. So when, like, the bell would ring and everybody would go in, the two of us would be left outside of what we called the South Doors would be
1: left outside. I think we stayed outside.
4: And we would look at each other and I'd be like, are you going to class? And she's like, fuck, I don't want to go. And she's like, you? I'm like, nah. Like, let's go back to your mom's house, eat cheese bagels, and smoke weed. I mean, (laughs) what else are you going to do to waste the time? (laughs) So that's basically where we bonded in just the fact that, like, we didn't quite feel like we could sit through school and be a part of what everyone else seemed to be, like, so into. And then, um, through our 20s, we sort of you know, went our separate ways, but kept in touch through different, like, interests, like, um, child and youth work and social work and then it was, it wasn't until the two of us were the first of all of our friends to have babies thinking it would be the most joyous experience it would be so adorable having a cute baby. When she says
1: we went our separate ways, we'd see each other across a bar like in our, you know, like in the 21, 22, 23 and I'd be on the bar and she'd be like, I know you you know, we we had, we had we kept running and like um running in the same circle and crossing paths and then. Face- I, I, was,
4: I was on the Bar too. I don't know what bar you were at, but I was at
1: the bar. I was on the. You, you have to
4: get on the bar when you're in your 20s. Like being on the floor is no good. You have to be elevated where there's a chance at any time you could fall or anyone could see up your, your skirt. It's just, it's danger and it's amazing. So we, but then, you know, we calmed our hormones down and we had babies and we found each other on Facebook and we were like, oh my gosh, what were we thinking all of our friends are still going to dinner at nine o'clock at night at the coolest restaurants downtown and we're locked down with these babies that can't sleep and we're literally like we feel like we're on fire and our brains are you know going in circles and it wasn't what we pictured so we got together and we never left each other because if you have a kid husbands are fine but you need a wife
3: (laughs) (laughs) I love it oh my gosh so (laughs) Now, how did it come to be where you started a business? Like was that what you had set out to do?
1: Hell, no. Take it away, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's like uh I think a lot of women maybe who have children can relate when you when you picture your life one way and you you think that when you have a child that's sort of what you think of when you really want kids and that's all you think of and then you get there and you realize that life still goes on and everyone around you is living and you, you're, you're a stay-at-home mom, but it's like you're not part of the world. And when we began to, we, after a year or two, when we kind of got into the hang of it, we felt really unsettled in the role because you, you can. If you, I mean, some people love it and that's their choice and that's where they thrive. And like, it's a really hard job, but if your brain doesn't stop, like our brain didn't stop and women kept talking to us about, you know, they'd go back to work and we were the stay at home moms and they'd be like, why does this happen? What does this happen? And people were really missing a community because, you know, 10 years ago when we had babies, it was like taboo to talk about your children when you went out. So if you went out to dinner with people at work or when you went out with your, you know, friends, it's like you were the boring one if you talked about your kids or like it was not, not a acceptable. So when we began to get women together, they were just, like, ravenous for information and to feel normal. And so we started something like a dinner club at nighttime, per se, where we just got women together and had conversations where they could come without their children, drink wine, and finish a conversation. And we just saw the power of it, and people were like, can you come to my city? Like, I need this. I want to talk to people who are kind of in the same, same stage as me and, you know, understand motherhood in a different way. And people, you know, one or two glasses of wine in began to— um, drop the front of how everything was perfect and Mm -hmm. begin to really like get vulnerable and their vulnerability helped everyone else around them to realize you know like it's like you sit there and everyone's like oh everything's great this is amazing we're doing this and then like two hours later they're all like this is terrible well,
5: I'm having a hard time.
1: I, I hate, hate my husband. husband. Like, you know, they don't really hate them. But so they I just hate the way they breathe it's, the, it's at fine. that moment. And we just saw uh, uh, and as we took time away, our husbands kind of began to be like, um, you're taking you're spending money to go do this and not making money like this doesn't make sense. We're hiring babysitters so you can go do this, not realizing that, you know if you, if you, we just were like, well, we, we love doing this. This is a passion, but they're like, no, you can't do this without, without an income. Um, like financially we cannot do this. So
4: and we were like, why we're having such a good time. We're filling people's buckets. Like, you know, we're, why can't it just be this? Why can't it?
1: Yeah. And I but think it couldn't, I think a lot of women, um, a lot of people, when their ideas happen, a lot of people like grill you about like, well, how much money are you going to make? What's your plan? Where's it going? That's not feasible, and, you know, kind of every time they pushed us, we were like, watch us, and, you know, they've come and learned a long way, but I think a lot of of women in particular get um, roadblocked before they even try, and we had to, like, you know, change directions many times, but, you know, we started off making, like, $20, and that was so meaningful to us, and they were like, but you spent this much to make that much, and, you know, maybe they're part of the reason we were able to turn it into a bigger business than we could have ever imagined. Legend, but it, it, it took there was two of us, so we were able to persevere through, you know, the, the hurdles and the ro- roadblocks that were put in our way. And it's crazy to think about, like, where we are now, and it's like, did you,
4: like, sit down and do you have a business plan? Is, is this what you imagine? Absolutely not. But also at the same time, things changed along the way. So thank goodness we didn't have such a concrete plan because we were able to, like, you know, let's say pivot or be flexible, change our ways. Like, we started live streaming, like, a show from our living room through uh, a program. That we found this dude in Germany who knew how to live stream through YouTube. And we just started live streaming and the quality wasn't great, but we knew we wanted to get into more households of women so they felt like they belonged and they were part of the conversation. And then fast forward a year later, Facebook Live became a thing, and you could live stream through everything. We'd already been doing it. So it was like it was perfect. There wasn't much influencer marketing. So we were at the beginning of that when brands would be like, Well, how much would it cost to like, you know, talk about our product at one of your events? And the two of us would look at each other. And we'd basically go one, two, three. We'd throw out a number and then we'd like find somewhere in the middle. She'd say $5,000. i would say $2,000. We would say to the brand, $3,000. <laughs> and then they were like, okay. And we're like, okay, <laughs> um, sure. I mean, now there's so much more of a standard and we have agents and managers and everything involved. But back then everyone was just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and we were, we were, we were there for the ride
6: love
3: it that's incredible and now you've built this massive company and brand together and you had no idea it was going to take off like that and you mentioned how you had to pivot and change along the way i'm curious what has been the biggest struggle in this journey
1: i think every day is a struggle really because <laughs> you never you never know what what's coming where and you always i mean as content creators you're always making content and you know that's like kudos to every content creator because that's a lot of work and there's a lot of pressure on a lot of people because it's such a fast moving world right and i think that a lot of people um just think that content's so easy to make because it's, there's so much of it um and i think that every day you're kind of like you know we we don't think too far ahead which i think is a blessing for us but at the same time I think the struggle is always how can we do more, make more, yeah. and be in more places. And I, I don't know an entrepreneur who doesn't really think that way, you know. It's just there's never an end goal as an entrepreneur because you're always – if it's your personality, you've never achieved where you want to be because there's always a bigger goal to, to be at.
3: That is so true. I mean, once you hit the, the what you initially thought was your goal, then it changes. I remember in my first year of business in 2009, I thought, if I can just make $30,000 a year, I'll be able to afford my basement apartment and I will be
1: happy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep.
4: Yep. <laughs> No, ours was, ours was that we wanted to each be able to make $2,000 a, a month. And that would be, and we were like, that's if, like, everything goes perfectly. Like, that's all we would ever want. <laughs> Nothing more than $2,000 each a month. And that, we would, that would be it. And now that's changed a lot. <laughs> One size fits all
0: seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a T-shirt
0: until you tried it on same goes for your healthcare. that's why united healthcare offers a variety of flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more so whether you're between jobs coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment you can find the plan that fits you best find out more about united healthcare coverage at uh1.com that's uh1.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com catandnat and nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash cat and nat.
3: What did you guys do before this?
1: Oh God. Well, Nat's got a history. She's like the jack of all trades. And I was a social worker before this.
4: And I worked for, actually for a female entrepreneur who was a woman who just, um, actually, you guys would probably know. Bite Beauty, the lipstick, before it was Bite Beauty, it was a company called um, Suzanne Lang Custom Fragrance, and she was a female entrepreneur from Toronto who was literally, like, the definition of a hustler out there to make it on her own, like, a team of five, pretending we were a team of 200, traveling all over, like, the U.S., getting into, like, you know, Saks and Barneys and all the Holt Renfrews in Toronto, and just sort of, like, it was the two of us uh, acting, like, you know, we had this huge company behind us, and I I learned everything from her and nothing stopped her. And she ended up selling, uh, you know, moving into lipstick and selling to LVMH and like did, did amazing. But just watching everything that she did, like nobody could stop her. You know, she was going to sell a business and she did it. So I got to be right beside her watching her make all those moves.
3: Oh, so it was almost preparing you a little
4: uh, bit for this uh, Like, yeah, it really was. And so I sometimes don't even think about it until we're sort of like in one of those moments where it's such a big decision making or you're talking to someone that you think would be so intimidating to talk to. And there's Kat and I just talking to them like casually. That's what she was like. You know, she was in these head offices of, you know, the biggest buyers. And, and there I was and I was completely unprepared and I would get like the floor to talk. And I was like, she was just like, go. When they talk to you, talk back home. Okay. know the answers just sort of like just being on your feet and just figuring it out and acting like you know the
7: answers
3: oh I love that I love that okay so you talked about content creation and I know the struggle with that it's exhausting (laughs) trying to create it and come up with it and then you get the judgment of it and the people you know so you've had many viral videos how do you
5: guys come up with the content, and is there a line that you won't
1: cross? Ha, 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 ha. How do you come up with the content? I think the content is just uh, content of motherhood and content of conversation, and it's just kind of what's happening, and we've always, we've never, we don't have a content calendar. We don't think about what we're going to, I mean, if people knew, I'll never forget when we had, um, Jenna Hager they flew Jenna Hager Bush up to us in Toronto and to, for the today show and they were trying to figure out they wanted to do we did an interview and then they're like we want to do a mom Trace with you in the car what's your green screen and what's your what what cameras do you have so we can imagine and we were like oh oh no no we use an iPhone in a car and they were like <laughs> me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, an iPhone in the car. And they were kind of mind blown by that fact. And, you know, all of our podcasts, and, I mean, we got nominated for an iHeartRadio um, award for our podcast, and um, it's all from an iPhone in our car. We don't have a studio. We don't have, like, a producer. We don't have someone writing things for us. It's, like, us in our car. With the content that is in, in the, our like, brains. the
4: eight walls of our homes and the, yeah. when
1: the two of us come together.
4: It's just like, I mean, it's, you know, when you're talking to your best friend and you are, and you're okay to talk about your secrets and what's going on in your family and what's going on in your life like that's what our content is and we're just sharing it with everybody. And
1: our our line is we would never put down another person like our like we would we would never make fun of uh other women and we would never our it's our mom truths are not a place to you know who gets offended by our mom truths? Men, which is super interesting because it has nothing to do with them, and it's really a perspective of, you know, being a woman, and um, we just, mother-in-laws are off the table, and, <laughs> um, you know, just never being mean-spirited. It's never about... But it, we don't have to hold back on that
4: because we don't really have, like, mean thoughts. We've, you know, we've learned so much in motherhood about not being judgmental, and we might have changed over, you know, we've been doing this for 12, being moms for 12 years, and we've learned that, like... Sorry, I'm- no, that's serious Thanks, Sarah. Uh, We've learned that, like, there you can do things absolutely different than another woman, than another mother, and it doesn't mean your way is better or her way is better. And so we've learned to just, you know, we're just so open-minded to the way that people do it, and we're also so not stuck in our ways that we could change our mind tomorrow about the way that we've, jo- like, made a decision for our kids. You know, we, we might— We don't have enough time
1: or energy to worry about what the hell anybody else is doing. Yeah.
3: I love it. And that is incredible that you've done it all on your iPhone.
1: Yeah. Yep. And still to this day, we do it only on an iPhone. Yeah. Because
3: I always hear, you know, especially at at women's events about why someone can't start a podcast or a YouTube channel because they don't have the equipment. They don't have the setup. They don't know how to do it.
4: Yeah. You're so right. And we thought we had to. Like, we have... <laughs> between our houses, we have created, quote-unquote, studios in our basement. Uh, we've had lights. Uh, we've had small rooms for sound. And every time we go in... And we haven't we haven't bought all the stuff. It's just, like, things that we had around. And every time we get in there and we're like, hey, we're going to do it in the studio, we just... We're so antsy. We're like, we got to get in the car. Like, we have to have the energy of the world around us. And, um, you know... It, it is true. Like you really, do, you really don't need all that stuff. And I know that every time we, see, we you know, we go on people's podcasts and they have the whole setup, or they're in the studio, and sometimes it really sounds great, and that's great that they're able to do that. But um, that's not what our podcast or any of our lives look like. It's it's just us.
3: That's incredible. That is something that needs to be shared and shouted from the mountaintops. Because oh my gosh, if you guys can build this massive following with just that. It just goes to show
1: what is possible. And by the way, we use a free app to record everything on. So, <laughs> that too. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it.
3: Now, so I was going through, I was doing a deep dive through some of your older videos. And do, you get so many different characters always online, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're all aware of that. Do the negative comments bother you? No. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes
4: I want them to penetrate and hurt a little bit, so, that I, so I have something in common with people, like with people who are. Because when people get really upset about mean things, I'm like, that is so true. I'm like, that would be so shitty to hear. Like when people, you know, come on and they talk about and they show the comments that people say and they're they're very upset. I'm like, I I totally feel that for you. For some reason, I'm like, sticks and stones can break my bones, but like you can't. I just I feel I, I we feel so like we feel so close to all everything we do and say, and we have each other, and we just, we feel like everything is is so real. I mean, of course, sometimes we might make mistakes, and of course we'll apologize if we say something that was to hurt someone that we didn't mean to at all, but if they're just being mean, like, you look fat, or you look ugly, or you two are terrible mothers, I'm like, but I'm... But I'm a good mom and I know that about myself. So you can't really you stranger can't hurt me. I mean if cat told me I was a bad mom, I'd probably cry for a year. You know, but who are they, like it just it doesn't it doesn't hurt. I don't know why.
3: Hmm. It sounds like because you're coming from a great place and you know your mission that you know these comments are just trolls.
1: Yeah. I I think that when people like say these comments, I I really do think they have like a passion in them to maybe you're so far different for them that, you know, it ignites like an insecurity in them. So to bring you down, like makes them feel right rather than better. You know, I really don't think it's about feeling better. I think it challenges their thoughts. And that's something that ignites anger in people, because if if you're if you're if you're right and they're wrong, that can't possibly be. So you yeah. have to be, they have to be right and you have to be wrong. So I'm going to, you know how many conversations and fights we they try to ignite in our DMs. You know, whether we're, we're posting about humanity or human rights or, you know, like, you know, we, we, we push back on, you know, ideologies and people will come at us and and then we're like you know what we'd love to hear your perspective like you know we take a moment so they can they they can yell and scream and then by the end of it they're like thanks for listening and i you know i think that social media is so much screaming and when you stop and you're like you know i like talk to me, and then they get to say what they say, they often come around to the conversation of what you're trying to say versus just a screaming match. So we'll never engage in a conversation where they're... You, we'll never fight back and be like, well, screw you, too. We're just like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm so, really sorry you feel that way, and let us know what else we could do to make to make it better, and then they're like, oh. It's so true. Like, I mean, I guess there are just people who open accounts to be trolls,
4: but you got to think who those people are and, like, how they're... I think they're, they're far in and few between. And, like, but if you feel... If if you feel the need to say something negative, you've got to wonder what's going on inside of those people. And so I, I often sometimes be like, well, that would be so shitty to be them, you know, it'd be so shitty to feel the need to come online and just do something negative. Like you must, you must not feel good on the inside. You must, or you, or you must be having a really shitty day, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I don't believe like they, I, there's very few people that are actual like evil people. Yeah.
3: It's true, and we really don't know what that person is going through when we look at them.
4: Yeah.
3: And it's, you know, hurt people hurt people. But I love that you said challenges their thoughts so it ignites anger because they have to be right and bring you down. So they try to ignite that fight. That's, that's totally true. Mm
7: -hmm. And that's
4: true. And I mean, if you just like lay it down, that's, I mean, that's true sometimes in relationships when you think about like your partner, sometimes something you do can just ignite them just because it's not the way that they're doing it. Like it's just, it's the human basics. It can happen anywhere with any relationship.
1: Yes,
3: that's true. I never thought of that in relation to I know to relationship. You guys should be relationship
1: counselors. and, and, and your your own triggers, right? Like you, I think that often we try to, like uh, we try to you know we have a group called the Common Parent, which is a subscription based group where we talk about um, you know it's we bring in the best experts all over the world and they bring in conversations of parenting and you know really hard topics and we have webinars and um, a lot of what we we try to teach our children is mm-hmm. you know. To clear trigger, like if we are constantly trying to not trigger people or to upset people, then that's impossible. Uh-huh. But if you can teach your children or yourself that what triggers you to step away from that, versus you know letting letting, the, you're in so much more control of the way you feel. So. Uh-huh. You know, when your children are yelling and screaming at you, it may feel really infuriating. But when you take yourself out of it and you're like, you know, those are your feelings at the moment. And you know they don't mean it. There's just something that's triggered them. You're you're regulating. You're showing how to regulate versus meeting them and and, and fighting back at them. So we just are constantly trying to regulate ourselves. And and we have learned so
4: much. It's so crazy if you think about it. But so much about being an adult in adult relationships from our common parent, like this parent. This parenting, about how to parent, like, kids and teens and tweens, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's so relatable to adulthood and children and how it's all, it's all about relationship and it's, and exactly,
1: it's how, it's how you you can be triggered all day long, you know what I mean? You can be triggered all day long, but how do you regulate yourself so you can, you can move through life without living in a, in a state of, of, you know,
5: triggeredness and 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 defensiveness defensiveness, constantly.
3: Oh, I love that. That is true. Yeah. I'm taking some notes over here. (laughs)
7: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to pass this to some of my friends so they get a chance to talk to you. All right, Nisha. And... Kat if you see microphones flashing when you're talking, that is how we clap on Clubhouse. Oh. So if you're wondering why
1: they're flashing, because yeah, they're clapping for we're you. We're very bad at Clubhouse, <laughs> and it's very kind of everyone to come and listen. Like, we're always shocked when people show up. So thanks <laughs> for coming today.
3: <laughs> we'll throw it to Nisha, and then to Carm, and then to Gina.
8: Awesome. So nice to meet you, Katnett. I am Nisha. And, you know, I was on your Instagram and I I love it so much because there's such authenticity. You feel it. Um, and there was a post um, that you posted about um, one of your daughters and how it's like you know kind of we're quitting this virtual kindergarten Mm -hmm. um, life right now you know we're tired of it she's not happy Um, and I think for many of us who've gone through this last year I guess two years I don't even know how long it's been it's been a long time (laughs) craziness right Um, and I had the same thing I have a a five year old daughter three year old son and my daughter they were both doing virtual they recently went back to school (gasps) hallelujah congratulations (laughs) Um, but I, I experienced the same thing where I would watch them and it's like they expected my son to do virtual learning. A three-year-old boy to oh. do, like. it was like, the, first of all, he would sit there for one minute and then the teacher would be like, hi Grayson, hi Grayson he would literally say hi and walk away. <laughs> never, came, never came back to the computer. So I just want to <laughs> I want you guys to dive into that because I thought that was so powerful. I think so many moms felt that um, your sweet daughter just laying in the bed and it's like, no, we are done and making those decisions that been benefit their mental health Mm -hmm. you know is necessary so please talk to us about that this is Nisha and I'm done speaking
4: oh thanks Nisha um Um, it has been it has been hard you know when I when I look at my kids and they all sign in and they all and I just I, I feel their souls being like this could be dramatic but I feel their souls like just being sucked in by the computer and I know that so much of every part of them doesn't want to be there i watched my grade 1 he can't sit still and his body's constantly moving and his and his face isn't happy and the teachers doing everything he can to make them smile he's got a puppet in his hand and and my and my son is completely unentertained by the whole thing and i just look at them and i feel so sad for them and i do often tell them and i and i do it in front of my husband too to make sure he knows i let them know that everything that they're doing right now is completely abnormal and you know my older son he's like you know the little one, he just, he skips school all the time. He doesn't sit on his computer. I said, you know, when you watch a grade one class and you see how they interact and how they learn, it's all about like a group setting or sitting on the carpet and playing together and teamwork and all of that. And none of that is happening. So the fact that he isn't having a good time, I can totally relate to that. And I say to the older kids too, I'm like, when they complain, I'm like, you are doing such an amazing job for as much as you are able to participate because this is something I never had. To do, we make, I make sure to let them know. Like, I never had to do this, and Lord mercy, I never would have succeeded at it. I couldn't do it in real life, let alone on the computer. And I'm like, you know, you guys are amazing. You're amazing for doing this. Like, we're coming to the end, and I and I really, I, I really feel for you. Like, I let them know, and I, and I and I say it from the heart, and I really do mean it. I'm like, it
1: is, it's crap. It's crap what you're having to do I, here. I think also as mums, we have to give ourselves permission to understand that you know, that it's okay that you, you can break the rules for your child. Yes. I think that you're allowed to, you know, I the teacher, when I when she saw my daughter's face, the teacher and she she calls me and she's she was literally crying on the phone because she's like, I see her not smiling. I don't know what to do anymore. And I'm like, This is not you. This is not you as a teacher because the teachers, you know, they don't want to be doing this either. And they're they're heartbroken to see their students, you know, kind of like crumbling before them. And and across the board, you know, kindergarten is not meant to be on a screen. That's mm-hmm. not that's not what it's meant to be. So, you know, as a mom, I think that you really have to dial into your confidence and to your, to, to who you're, you're, what you're about and, mm-hmm. you know, be okay with your decision, even if it means they're going to be behind. And I think it, it comes down to experience because, you know, fast forward and, uh, I have a son who had learning challenges and it really wasn't The teachers didn't like they were they kind of pushed back on me, being like, nah, it's just his eight. Like they I had to keep pushing for him to be like, this something's not right. And um, you know, he couldn't read till like grade two, like couldn't write, couldn't read. And he's caught up now. So I really do think that, you know, children come to their own at their own time. And if you if you kill their learning light, you're never going to get that back. Yeah. You can always teach them to read. But my daughter used to skip to school every single day. She was so excited. And then when she would come down bawling, like crying, you know, 45 minutes into class, I was like, we're done because I can never teach you how to love learning again. And but lo- that's what Kat said right there, like uh, kill their learning light.
4: it, uh, it- it resonates with me so much because my learning light got killed and it never came back. It, the it joy of learning never and back. school was gone for me, like after after eighth grade. Like I never, I always looked at it as as a, such a horrible thing to have to do. And if there's any way that you can make it, especially like now, and break the rules and say it's okay if you don't want to go to school today, to keep the joy because there is such a joy in education and learning and as long as you ca- as long as you can, you know,
1: you can hold on to that somehow and, and for life like you know the joy of the what what the what ignites you is is so important to find and the joy of like the whether it's learning but little kids are dying to learn yeah. like really eagerly and I think that we have to be really aware right now of, of are we killing their light or are we igniting their light and so when I saw her light dimming I was like we out we done you know what we're gonna go play and she reads every night with me and that's kind of all we do and so. even back in school like if there's if you're
4: if if, you know you're seeing your kids and you're feeling that there's some sort of a heaviness going on on at school grab them out of school like it's okay to break the rules and grab them out of school and take them and take them on an experience and just like make them make them you know make them happy again because um I'll I'll never forget when my mom told me once I, I was young and I said I thought teachers knew everything and I remember I'll never forget her looking at me and saying you know your teachers don't know everything. You know, sometimes you can challenge them as well. And and you can break the rules. Well, she regrets saying that now, doesn't she? But like yeah. you can you can break, sometimes you're right. And I was like, whoa, like the power yeah. that I could be more right than a teacher or that we can break the rules or we can go find fun outside school or
1: learn in a way that's
4: not so traditional. And I
1: think everyone gets caught in, in the rules of society. We all really get caught in, I'm supposed to do this. I should be here. This is an- what I should be doing. And when you begin to think about, you know, when your children come into the situation, you really have to, you know, begin to question that. So that that's our answer. I hope that worked for you.
8: Oh my God, so beautifully said. Thank you so much. I'll turn it over to Carm. I just wanted to say, you know, that really reminds me of
3: something that happened in grade six. Mm. I got bullied by this girl really badly. She was she was just a nasty, mean girl. And I was so sad. It was this this scrawny little blonde girl. And my mom had gone in and talked to the principal and nothing was being done. This girl used to, to go to the computer lab. That's when we all had those awful yep. big computers. Yep. And she would, login, because your last your password was your last name in the first letter. And she'd send mean messages to oh. other kids from my name, oh. so they wouldn't like me. And I remember I, I had a baseball tournament, and we won both games, and I came home and I was still so sad. My mom looked at me and said, yeah, you're not going back. There's a month left. You go to a new school next year, that's it. I'm pulling you out. I love and it. And it was the best thing she could have done. uh uh-huh. Our family was like, what do you mean she's not going back to school? She's like, no, look at her. She's miserable. I'm not sending her back there.
4: Yeah. Good, <laughs> I love that. And, and, you, was- and, you, and you always remember that. And, and when you started A life the lesson. new year, things were better
3: yes i started a new school and she was at that new school but she was nobody because we were all of a sudden in junior high school
5: yeah totally and she didn't
3: care about me anymore and it's stuck
5: with me for life oh i love that all right i'm throwing it to you carm are you still there yeah, no, I'm here. Thanks. Um, so, ladies, I have a two-part question. First question, and I'm in Toronto as well, so oh, it totally sucks. Welcome. Totally sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, two-part question. How do you, uh, Have you ever had a creative disagreement between the two of you as best friends? Because it seems like you guys just are so in sync. And two, do your husbands watch your show? Do <laughs> they ever say anything's off limits? Like, what are the rules mm-hmm. uh, regarding that? Because you talk. about... <laughs> about sex and you want to kill them <laughs> and all the kinds of all, all the things. Just all the remember. If you talk about if they fart in bed or pee on the toilet seat. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, 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 we they do. Foner yeah. uh, so. in, in their back. Foner in your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'd love to know what's, what's off limits, if anything. Or are they at the point, like, you're making the bread, and they're like, I don't care. Use us. We don't give a shit. That's my question.
1: My husband pretends not to watch his cat, and then he'll say something. I'm like, he always sees the one, so clearly he watches a lot more than he tells me. Yeah. Um, but he, like, he, he... It'll be like we're having cocktails, and then he'll,
8: like, say, say something.
1: something. I'm like, I'm like how do you?
4: you... What? Because, like, I really feel, like, when we're talking on Insta stories and when we're posting things, I feel like it's between us and our girlfriends. Yeah. So when he says something about um, about the like <laughs> about something that we said, I, I I feel like he read my diary. I'm like wait wait wait, wait what? Yeah. Oh, okay. So as far as the husbands go, I mean, it has been a gradual process. We're open books, but we're open, like, even in front of them, in front of all of our families, all of our friends. Like, we just, we kind of say it how it is. Like, if there was something really personal,
1: I think I, we'd know. And I think Nat just hit it, like, on the head. We are we are who we are through and through. So it's not like we come on to make content and we change. Um, they they're, Nothing surprises them and nothing shocks them. And I think, you know, that's why our relationships are... Are successful because we don't we're not two people like it's not like we show up and then we're different with our girlfriends or you know online and they're they're very um, that before we even had this we were like this so that that is something about being authentic I guess when you know authenticity is really hard for us to understand because we can't imagine not being yourself so being authentic feels very weird when people say be authentic, because it's like, what else could you possibly be? Um, and remember, we've never really had to show up in a company where we've had to be something other than ourselves, so that that's really a bonus to us, and a creative disagreement, no, we, we never have had a creative disagreement whatsoever um, across we just, anything. We have ideas, we like each other's ideas a lot, and... Thank we, God we both have ideas, or else that would be a big problem, so the more <laughs> ideas, the better, you
4: know? Yeah, and we just, we share, and then sometimes, some of the... Ideas ideas happen and some of them don't and we just know. Two of us know if it just feels right and then we just go for it.
1: And sometimes it feels right and it's it's wrong and that's okay and, and we, we don't do. hold each other accountable for it. It's like no, that, would, that was a great idea in the moment. We don't really ever get stuck in failure. Like really, whatever failure is. Failure doesn't exist in my opinion. There's no such thing as failure. It may feel really, it's a really shitty feeling sometimes, but that's not failure. That's just a feeling you need to work through to help you grow into the next thing. Sometimes when things like, you know, don't happen that we expect them to,
4: we have such a like optimistic, you know, it could be naive kind of brain that we're like, the first thing we think if something didn't work out, I'll be like oh my gosh, so that means something
1: else is coming. Oh, we this can, is going to be great. We can sit in the moment and be like that's a bad feeling but we don't ever get stuck in it. We oh. don't get stuck in it. We, we work through it quite quickly and I, on. To the I, next. I literally think like I think the world stopped that because it wasn't
4: going to be right and the next thing is going to be really exciting. <laughs> like I'm like like I'm like I'm a six-year-old in that way. Like you know like oh, like ran out of strawberry.
5: Well, oh, yeah. Let's try rainbow. <laughs> That's awesome. What year is this that you guys have been collaborating now?
1: Oh God! Well, we've been friends. Nine? Well, not nine. Nine or ten, that's hard to know. I don't even know my wedding anniversary. You know, I think it's nine or ten. We, the only way I know is that um, it was when we
4: had we had these babies at the same time, and we had our hands full with babies and kids, and we weren't. We knew we weren't even done having kids, but we were like, our hands are so full and life is so busy. But there is this. There's this space between us, that
1: is empty right now that needs to be filled. Like, we share a bank account. We share an email. We share, like, we literally share everything. The company's 50-50, and, uh, like, we have the same. <laughs> everything's the same, so. People are like, who is this? And we're like, it doesn't
4: matter. It's both of us. Same voice, one voice. No, but, yeah, we had these babies, and there was a space. I just, we were sitting in Kat's living room. We just had crying babies everywhere. I was like, something is out there for us, Kat. Yeah. We got we to do something. And That's then, right. And then she was like, well, then let's do it right now. I'm like, well, fine. Fuck, <laughs> let's start. Let's go.
5: That's epic. That is so epic. Turn on the phone. Hurry. <laughs> like yeah, hurry
6: up. <laughs> I love
3: it.
7: Gina. And the gorgeous cat and Nats. It is so good to be here. I am Gina, um, known as House Momerator and a co-founder of the Mom Link with my two girls, Crystal and Nicole, who are also
8: on stage. Amazing! With,
7: that's amazing. <laughs> and now we're, we're in the back chat. We're like, this is us in three years from now. Like, you guys are literally like so amazing, and, and what we're trying to do with the Mom Link is so like in in alignment with what you guys are doing. Yeah. And, yeah, it's amazing. So we're, like, texting on the back end, and we're like, you know, it's not easy collaborating, right? Like, we are three strong women with strong opinions. We're always right, you know, and and uh, it's different, it's difficult collaborating. So you kind of answered it with Carmelia, but it's like, what happens when you're not, you know in the mood that day or, ah. or you're just feeling overwhelmed or you're like where, where do you guys go to get that grit and if you're especially if you're not feeling each other in that moment or ah. like you know we had we had an issue we had a situation this this week and thank god we like dug deep and honestly I feel like it took us to the next level like I feel like we're even better because of those moments that we have but like tell me how you guys do it like how so how do you find your why every day how do you get up and do this every day what's and your motivation when you feel like giving up
1: so crazy you're saying this right now because I will I will tell you the <laughs> pandemic has has killed our has you know we are ignited by the world we're ignited by people being around us we're ignited by like mystery and challenges and you know like the unknowingness of of our life together and the monotony of the day to day like. The amount of fun we would have, the, the, we would wake up like on fire with fun. And the pandemic has, has killed where we were we've had to find fun in more traditional ways which is really you know we used to like dream constantly on the planes on on the ta- in the ubers we'd be like over food we would constantly be dreaming always and, food always food always food and i think what the pandemic has done is given us no space to be like creative to be like wouldn't you agree to be like yeah like we we, uh, we like it's like, a grind right now yeah. which is which is not what we're like it's a lot of work right now which is great, it'll be great in the long term because it's like we can go back to having fun and it's like this work had to be done in the business not amongst ourselves but like amongst what we've created during the pandemic is sustainable outside of Cat and Nat so we don't have to constantly be the ones pushing the the the, the, the stroller I don't know what else the, the Needle? word is I don't know, I don't know, that, I don't one. know that word but the, what we have to do is we have to come together get the work done and then we leave each other because of the kids and the family and and everything. And what we're missing is, that that in between the the
4: world that is outside of of everything that we have right now, and we love that world. Um, as far as you guys being a threesome, like wow, I I can speak from being a twosome, and I and I do know that a, a, we have watched a lot of partners start things and not be able to follow through, um, not follow through, not be, uh, be successful because it's so hard when you're taking multiple personalities to come
1: together to create one. And if you have specific. Roles- Roles, that's even harder. Where <laughs> Nat and I have no roles, we've never defined anything. So it's not like no one's ever like, we just, when you're a friendship that's a business, it's either really works or really doesn't because there's no disappointment. Because if, you know, if someone needs, like for example for today i was calling her and she didn't pick up and finally at 9 i'm like dude are you awake and she's like i just woke up and i'm like we
8: she's have a like club- you,
1: you remember when you rescheduled the clubhouse for 9:30 this morning i'm like dude it's thursday yeah, and i and i just like i laughed like it wasn't like i was like you know i wasn't like natalie how you you're so irresponsible like it's like this weird place that we live in and you know we said this on on a club on a on a podcast the other day right? and I hope this makes sense to maybe the three of you that I don't know if you guys are friends are you guys friends or are you strictly partners
7: we're friends yeah. now yeah
1: but yeah so I, even I think what is different for Nat and I is that when you have a friendship and I think that's why this is why a lot of people relate to us and we kind of like dove into this on a podcast we did recently when you have a friendship A friendship has no expectations. So we have literally very little expectations of each other, but we respect each other so much. We'd never break those expectations because a friendship that is kind of pure, there's no like, I don't expect her to, you know, do this or do that like a marriage or, you know, for the other people in your lives, what you have expectations. Our friendship is like transcends this purity of, I want the best for her and she wants the best for me. And then we run a company that we want the best for, for like, we, we take an approach that she would never intentionally hurt me and I would never intentionally hurt her. If that happens, that's not on purpose. That's not like I, we, I, I am know spiteful that. and I'm going to hurt you. We have this trust and this, you know, this, this like energy where it's just like, I'm here for you. And sometimes I've got to step up sometimes more and sometimes she has to step up more. And we know, we just feel each other's energy and we know who needs more in that moment. And there's no regret. Like, I'm not like, well, I did this. 75% of the time and you've done this 15% of the time so you need to there's yeah. none of that for us so I and think and the only other thing is like and something
4: that I've oh that I think has brought us success. one one of the main things that has brought us success is that we always show up so like yeah it's very easy to except
1: just- almost today no I'm right. joking and, and, I'm and joking. That, you did show up in, in that
4: moment I was in the car in four minutes like I was in bed in my pajamas and I was there and I would, would never be late like right. and we, I would be but she wouldn't no, be but we would, for work, we never are. Yeah. like we, 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 people would ask us to drive outside the city for an hour to do a TV segment. And we're like, well, we gave birth yesterday, but we always would just we're say We're not yes.
1: recommending people do that. We're just saying we both have, that we both have a yes. Uh, it's we have like an, a work a yes. ethic that
4: will always yeah. be there. We'll always show up. We won't be late. Uh, no matter how we feel, even if like
1: we're ill, we will show up in front of a client and we'll act like we're perfectly but not fine. With perfect- uh, if you, and if, if, you, you know, if you think of what, if you really sit there and you're like, we all want this to be successful, Mm -hmm. don't personalize someone else's opinion as, as like, you know, what you might have different opinions, but remember, they still want what's best. And that's just the way they think. They just think that this would be the best. And you think this would be the best. So rather than being like, she's out to get me and she doesn't like my idea. It's like they... Oh, this is how we also look at motherhood. Like you know, everyone wants what's best for their children. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So if they believe in this and you believe in that, they still believe that's what's best for their child. It doesn't mean yours isn't what's best. It's just right. how do we come together and have a conversation where we can be like, okay, like, can't, like, we just are very pragmatic about situations. Like, can we afford, like, if she's like, I want to do this. I'm like, can we, like, we're both like, can we afford it? Is it doable? Okay, let's do it. It's not, yeah. it's not me being like, my idea is better. Your idea sucks. It's going to fail. Let's not do that. And unfortunately,
4: Thank <laughs> Uh, the only thing that's going to stop the three, the three of you, from being successful is one of you. <laughs> yeah, or is, or is the or is so the perceived notion of one of you. But like and the you, trust, you all. If you all have the same mission and you and you have the power of three, you will and can be very successful. And if somebody doesn't feel that they have that same mission, no, I didn't fart. <laughs> sorry, just
1: she just asked me if I <laughs> <been laughs> farted. I wouldn't sit here I didn't even did. okay. Oh my Curious. god,
4: that would have been. So rude if I farted. Uh, anyways, would be one one of you, and then you know what? If one of you guys isn't working out, just kick her out and carry no, on. No, stop you. it!
1: No, no, no. Just always remember your mission. I can't always remember. Yes, you have farted. <laughs> Sorry, carry on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh you two are hilarious <laughs> my uh, best friend works for me she's worked for me she was the first employee I hired in 2009 and did she
7: <laughs> fart? no <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh she has <laughs> but I, I gotta say yeah it's the best thing having your best friend yeah with you. she's my VP and I just adore her and people ask you know how do you guys get along so well do you not fight and it's like well it's it's hard to to describe because like you said you 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 have a different understanding of them cuz you know who who they are.
4: Yeah. To the core. And,
3: and uh yeah. It's, it's, you just have this connection, too. I, I, you, you both remind me of, of my connection with her. I remember we were getting ready for this fancy event one time, and she was spray tanning me with that uh, <laughs> Sally Hansen spray tan, and we were rushing because we were late, and she's like, okay, I don't mind doing this, but you're naked and you keep bending over in my face.
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.
6: Yeah, thanks. Great. So you guys, so fun to hang out with you two. It's like like a breath of fresh air oh, to just really weird. be in the energy of just such a cool relationship. And you know, as I was th- as I was listening to you guys talk about specifically that last thing, like if somebody does something that hurts, it's like we know it's not intentionally. Yeah. I just want everybody to understand like that is the way that you should lead with every relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this because my husband and I just got like in a little spat the other day, <laughs> and um, <laughs> you know, and I said to him last night like he actually we got in a fight Mother's name, which kind of sucked, and then he left and went to Kansas City to visit his mom and dad. Came back, and then, um, you know, he's came back and apologized. And I'm like, I know that you didn't mean to do this. It was just mean that you did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing is, is like, like every relationship, like we, we need to recognize, I think, in every relationship that if we, when we really love somebody, we're, that we're not out there to intentionally do something to damage them.
1: And if they are, you need it. to get out. You know, yeah, if you are, that you need to get totally.
6: out. <sighs> Totally, totally. But on another note, what I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm a woman who has made a lot of sacrifices over the last decade to be where I am here today. And I look at them as choices, not necessarily sacrifices. Like, I may have decided to not do this so I could do that, right? Yeah. And I'm just curious to hear from you guys, like, what are some of the things that you felt like you had to let go of? Maybe it was family. Maybe it was other opportunities. Maybe it was whatever, free time. I'm curious to hear what you guys had to let go of so that you could have what you have now.
7: I don't nothing.
4: The only thing we've let go of is the the uh the crazy control we had over our children uh thinking that other people weren't able to take care of them. So in that way, it's kind of a good thing. Yeah. You know, we used to do everything. We used to not leave the house without leaving a list of what my baby would do to the minute. Like, nobody could cook a meal without me leaving yeah. all the ingredients and in the recipe how to make it. Like Or like it actually made. And- yeah, and made and frozen and re- like the, the obsessiveness mm-hmm. that we had as moms, um, which a lot of people have, is, it, it's not necessary. We used
1: to feel guilty about going out after after they were asleep, like once they were in bed, we would feel bad, even though they didn't know we were gone. So we've let go of a lot of those expectations of, you know, what um, I we we really I don't feel like we've had to give up anything because everything's a choice. And do you have to give like, you know, when we travel and we have to miss first and we yeah. have to, you know, we have given we have given up not being at every concert, every birthday. Yeah, but it's something that I don't think it. Like, it's not a loss. It's like when we step away and, you know, other people are there. Well, that teaches our children resiliency. And that teaches them, you know, I, I'll never forget this. My daughter was supposed to go to sleepover camp this summer. And she's like, I've never been away from you for more than 12 hours. And I'm like, I have traveled for like two weeks. And then she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be fine. And I was like, wow, that is because the pandemic made her feel like I've never, ever left her sight," And I thought to myself, you know. So often we're beating ourselves up for things that are actually life experiences that these people need to go through in order to, you know, grow up. And I I think it's just our perspectives we all have. And if we didn't like something, we would change it. And so we yeah. just really, we don't look at things a lot as like we're giving up. It's like, you know, we try to put a spin on it. So when we leave, our children are like, we're not apologizing for leaving. We're like, we're going to work and we love it because one day you're going to grow up and I hope hope you never have to apologize for what you do and I hope you love what you do and everyone around you can be excited and proud. Do they miss us? One thousand percent. Is it sometimes shitty when someone is sick and vomiting and you know, one person's there taking care of them? Yeah, that that, that sucks, but at the same time, what does that teach them? These lessons that they're okay, that they're resilient, that they're competent, that they, you know, it's a building, it it builds their character so much more than what we what we're missing out on. Everything that we have quote
4: unquote given up, we actually see it has turned into a positive for everyone in the
1: family. We'll talk about the therapy bill in a few years, but I don't know. Like, that's just our perspective at the moment.
4: Again, we're just living through. We're just <laughs> no, living through. that
6: perspective. That's been, yeah, that's been my perspective, too. It's just, it's, it's this, you just hear, you, you can listen to, if you want to, the noise around you. And a lot of that noise can, t- can make other people feel really guilty about making their choices. So, yeah, so but us as
1: women really need to start to change the narrative, because I think that we say women are really judgmental, I think we're most judgmental of ourselves. And when we go on the road and we talk to women, they're like mind blown that we've been able to leave. And I'm like they're like my partner could never. They could never. And I'm like I I bet you they could because we would have <coughs> said the same thing. You just may not like the way they do it. So it's like these these things as us as women need to start owning and being okay with and you know and, and stop change, calling and, ourselves a bad mom
4: and change and, and the narrative so that our children uh, you know, because a lot of women feel a lot of guilt, and they and they show their guilt through their behavior and parenting. We don't want our kid. We don't want our kids to see it as we're apologizing for following our dream, having fun, being successful, making money, so that you know our girls won't. You know, they'll be like, I can go off and do whatever I want. You know, whatever I want to do. And as a woman, I can be just as successful as my partner because Daddy isn't apologizing for being at work until nope. after dinner.
1: So neither and there's And me. I think that also. It's only going to start changing when we change it. Like yeah. someone's got to change it and we can't wait for everyone else to stop doing it. We have to start doing it ourselves.
6: Yeah. Oh, no, so good. I that was funny because a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we went at the end of April, March, we went to visit me, my husband, and my Daughter, who's in college, she's my stepdaughter, and my little one, who's eleven. We flew out to Florida for a couple days to visit my parents. It was the first time we'd see them in like a year and a half. Went there for like three or four days, and we flew to San Diego. We have another house over there. We started in Boulder, Colorado, by the way. When we were were in when we were in San Diego, we had some friends come and they actually arrived a day before us. They were in our house, and as everybody was getting ready to leave. well, they left. Everybody left but me. Like, the other couple, their two kids, my husband, my two my two daughters. Everybody went home, and I decided I was going to stay there for an extra week. Yes. I wanted some me time. Yes. Now, co- coincidentally, coincidentally, when I got when everybody got home, my husband messaged me the next day, and he said, guess what? Jen and Matt have COVID, so we all have to go get tested. It turned out oh. that not only did Jen and Matt have COVID, who were saying that, but their two kids had COVID, and my husband had COVID, oh my and God. my daughter had COVID. Oh, my oh
7: God. God. Oh, my God. No. So no.
6: I so, so I tested. I was fine. I did not have it. I even tested twice just to make sure. And I said, hey, listen, you guys, I'm going to hang out here until your quarantine's over. So it wasn't just going to be like the extra five days. It was going to be like, hey, I'm hanging out here for another 12 days.
8: Oh, I love you so much. Over. I love you.
6: But you guys, you guys, I was getting so much shit on social media. Oh. From people like, I can't believe you're not going home. I can't believe you're leaving your kid. How do you do? I'm like, mm, she's with her dad. Yep. They're taking care of each other. If yep. it's an emergency, I'm coming back, but I'm not going into that house right now. No, thank you. Good
4: for <laughs> you. Yeah. God, I wish we could have been there with you.
1: <laughs> and just remember, the dad, your your it husband would have... It was not hard to
6: sit in San Diego by my pool outside in the sun, hanging out. And your I husband, your husband, never, your husband would have never... Your
1: husband would have never have gotten the same flack. So let's all remember that, too, the double exactly. standards that women have. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
3: I love that. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, that the husband wouldn't. Nope. That's interesting. And uh, that's, yeah, that that is so funny. You know, what's interesting is once you have a child, it it feels like the woman no longer matters, that it's just now all about this new being. As soon as from the moment you get pregnant, it's like their life is is no longer a priority, it feels like. Yeah, let's change
1: that, though. Let's change that now. Right
3: here, right now. So I want to go to
2: that comment where you said the, the husband, the dad doesn't get the same flack. Okay. And here, hey, cat, Hey, Nat. Hi. hi. Hi, y'all. So the funny thing is um, there have been times where I'll have to work or I'll have an event and someone will say, so where are the kids? And I'll say oh, they're home. Girl. And they'll say, huh? Yes, yes. And they'll say, oh, so your husband's babysitting them? Yes. And I'll say... No, he's parenting. He's their dad. I didn't make them by myself. Yes, they are with their father, who is taking care of his responsibilities because they are his children too. Like, no, he's not babysitting. And I really wish we would change the narrative and change the language about men taking care of their children that they help create. So, no, I reject that term. No, he's not babysitting because <laughs> I don't babysit. He is parenting, just like I parent. And here
4: he is, popping into the room. Oh, yeah. No, honestly, you have, like, every time we go on tour, everyone always asks about the kids, and we think to ourselves, because my husband used to travel a lot for work, I don't picture that he walked into boardrooms, and people said, who's taking care of your kids?
3: All right. I want to be respectful of your time. I did want to introduce my friend Keith has joined the stage and Keith is actually the president of Time magazine. He is down in New York. Keith, welcome. Okay. I was telling him this morning, he texted me and he said, who's Cat Nat? I said, who's <laughs> She was,
5: it was, her voice actually went higher than that over text. Welcome, <laughs> so
4: Keith. No, I love how we just brought in Keith after, after all dog, the, man the man. conversation.
2: <laughs> Perfect time. And Welcome, Keith. I, I just
5: want you to know I'm leaving in about thirty seconds too. Right? I just came in to hear hear the conversation. I had like thirty Great. seconds right. in
7: between meetings. But <laughs> really, more than anything else, um, Emily was so effusive of the two of you and um, and so complimentary of how how impressive she thought you both were as as
5: podcasters. That that I just I wanted to hear it for myself
4: wow oh, I, well, I wish I wish you'd heard it like about 20 minutes ago but <laughs> uh, okay okay you get to hear us talking men we love men we love
1: men I men. don't think it's the men's fault I don't think it's the men's fault I think us as women need to like you know start letting go and let them be let like let's stop expecting more and men let let more of men and less of women yeah let's go
7: Awesome. Emily, back to you. You're leading this room. I just wanted to say hi.
3: Hi. Oh, <laughs> well, we are so glad you just popped in, Keith. You're incredible. <laughs> awesome. Well, I do want to be respectful of your time because I know you're super busy, but you are incredible, and I would love it if you could tell us a bit about your challenge and your new show and anything else you have going on.
1: Our parenting challenge really is a way for parents to begin to, you know, re uh, tween and teenhood does not have to be terrible. And I think so much of parenting gets such a bad lens. And we're like, let's flip the script. Let's have conversations. Are there bumpy roads? A hundred percent. But I think that in terms of like um, how we parent, I think there's tools and no one teaches you how to do it (coughs) whatsoever. So let's get the tools. Let's arm ourselves with the right ways to communicate with these people who are supposed to launch and become independent people. We get so mad when they get their own ideas because it's no longer like our ideas. So how can we navigate this time? Because really there's not a lot of conversation. Toddlers, babyhood is taken care of. So we thought we'd do this. It's free. It's at called um, thecommonparent.com. Everything's there. And uh, you can also go to catnat.ca. And our TV show, I don't know, Emily. Do you know something I don't know? Because uh, uh, Maybe our live show.
3: Our live show. Our live show. show. We're our go- live, we're show. Going our on- live show. Yeah,
4: we're going on tour starting in September. We have 30 cities in 2021, and we're adding a bunch more to 2022. It's katandnatour.com. We are so excited to finally reunite with our friends in real life, in real clothes. If you choose.
3: <laughs> I love it. So everybody, please make sure to give Cat and Nat a follow here and over on Instagram. Check out catandnat.ca and all the incredible things they have going on. If you enjoyed this conversation, give it a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories, tag them, tag all the incredible speakers up here and make sure you give them a follow for, for being here. And Emily, giving their time.
1: you're yeah. amazing. And thank you so much for thinking of us and pushing us to do this. And we really appreciate everyone who took time out of their day to join us. Like, uh, um, it means a lot to us, so thank you for listening and being part of the conversation. Thank you.
3: Well, I know that Cat and Nat, like the names, go together so beautifully.
5: But what about Cat, Nat,
3: and M? Cat, Nat, M. <laughs> sure. Can you
5: add me as sure. their non non sure. non-childbearing sure. sure. friend? Yeah, let's. You're yeah, oh, absolutely.
4: You're in. We need. We, Addictions
3: we, we... to finding a man named Mark. <laughs> oh my God! Both
2: husbands <laughs> <laughs> named
4: Mark. Yep. Amazing. Mm. I love
2: that. <laughs> Cat Nat, I have to take this point of personal privilege and introduce you to my husband. Oh, yeah. Hi. He now has a, there he is, L. Kobe the whiz. Say hey, husband, to Cat Nat.
7: Greetings and
8: salutations. Good morning, good people. Oh.
2: Hello, Cat Nat. How
7: are you today? Oh, oh we're, we're good. Great.
0: Thank you. What a voice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. that's my husband y'all and he also
2: rejects the term babysitter Babe, I was telling them how when you have the girls and people ask me if you're babysitting them oh no his Kobe. signal faded well hopefully he can come back
3: oh uh, well we're actually gonna gonna wrap soon because I think Kat and Nat didn't have too much time and I don't want to keep you here uh, oh are you back Kobe?
2: Yeah, I'm here. How are you? Yeah. She was saying that, they, you know, they like got that. Uh, you know, they ask all the time, you know, it's, it's, am I babysitting? Like, no, I'm, I'm fathering. Yes. That's what I'm doing.
1: Good man. <laughs> good Thank man. you for changing the narrative. You know, that's what we need men to do, too, is change yeah, the narrative, too.
2: Uh, yeah, because they're like, oh, Ash is gone. Are you babysitting your kids? I'm actually
8: not. You know, half of their DNA is mine. So uh, I'm fathering them. That's what I'm doing.
1: Good, good on
6: She's you.
7: I'd love to jump in here. Oh, uh, I just wanted to say I'd love to jump in here because I talk about this, this is Gina, I talk about this all the time, about how women get asked, oh my God, how do you do it all, you take care of the kids and work and life and all the things, and I'm like, they never ask my husband, how do you do it all, how does he work and take care of the kids, and it's just such a double standard, I'm like, totally about canceling that, I mean, he parents just as much as I do, we take turns, it is a, it is a partnership, not a one-way street this is you know 2021 guys we are canceling that whole culture like we're doing this together women can do it men can do it and we do it all we do it amazing perfect yes
3: mic drop all right thanks again so much hopefully we can have you back on here we've got some big things coming up we've got a charity event that uh, we're doing it. It's a day long fundraiser on May 30th. I'm doing it for cystic fibrosis to raise awareness and funds. Both of my siblings were born with it, and I lost my sister to the disease in 2011. So hopefully, you can join us there or back for another day, another special episode. We'd love that. I will leave the. Wonderful. All right. Bye, bye, bye everyone Thank Human you.
5: To give you... Bye.
1: bye, guys. Thank you.
5: Thanks so much.
8: Bye. bye. Thank you.